putting the law as the guard against false information may be counterproductive in the sense that number one it will might stop people from sharing information so it the information will be passed in these closed spaces my name is Alphonse Hyundu. I am the Kenya editor for Africa Check, and Africa Check is a fact-checking organization in Africa, uh, based in four countries in East, South, and West Africa, and publishing fact checks in English and French. So, Alphonse, it's unprecedented times. How are you, as a team, uh, dealing with the current coronavirus crisis? So the first thing we we have seen and what we have done as a team is to find a safe space where everyone can continue doing this important work of debunking false information around the coronavirus without getting sick themselves. So the first thing is we have gone, uh, we're all working from home in all the offices. So a kind of self-isolation just to prevent to ensure some of us do not fall sick and if we fall sick we do not infect others so that's the first step we have done the second thing we have done as africa check is ramp up our efforts to fight uh, misinformation so we are going big on whatsapp in all the countries we operate in we also we have also put together a dedicated page where we all the checks we have curated all the checks to do with coronavirus. We are also running a quiz where people have people come and answer questions by themselves to see if they have sufficient knowledge about coronavirus and how to deal with it. So basically, those are the three things we we done. Can you give us a bit of a uh, you know some examples of the kind of misinformation that you're seeing uh, people sharing on the different platforms that you're monitoring? We have seen quite a bit and we have put it together into six categories. We have videos and images that have been manipulated or are out of context. Then we have things that are actually true, but which most people think they aren't. Then we have the odd and the bizarre things that people are sharing and you look at them and you're like, nobody's going to believe this. But then shock on you, it goes the full cycle and it's on WhatsApp and Facebook and Twitter and it comes back again. Somebody tags you on it. Then there are hoaxes and we have cures and preventions, which are false. Uh, And then we have conspiracy theories and predictions. So, for example, if we're going to talk about cures and prevention, there was a manipulated screenshot showing the CNN anchor Wolf Blitzer with the lower third having text like lots of sex kills coronavirus or alcohol kills coronavirus. And those screenshots were going around. Now, both claims on the lower third of that screenshot are false. Then there was this, in the early days of coronavirus, just before cases were reported in sub-Saharan Africa, there was um, a lot of rumors and reports in blogs about people saying Africans are immune, Africans are immune, black skin is immune. And we had to check that and we had to put it out that no, that is not true uh, about the special genetic composition that people were saying 
uh, is, is in the virus. So the experts we asked told us that no, there is nothing that shows, uh, there's no research, no clinical trial that shows that African blood and black skin uh, resist coronavirus. And right now we are seeing Africans who, African countries where black Africans and black people across the world who have been diagnosed as having uh, COVID-19. So this is just one of the thing, some of the few that we have checked. And, and I'm just curious in terms of that, you know, the list that you've just gone through there. I mean, are you saying that there's a disparity between maybe East and West African countries and North and uh, Southern African countries as well? Or are they uh, just the same information that is being shared uh, across the continent? Oh, the interesting thing is uh, what we are seeing is we, we're seeing something is shared in Kenya, but something happens in Kenya, but it it's it ends up being shared all the way in Senegal. So, for example, there is a fake uh, WHO website which is telling people to apply because apparently WHO is going to be doing uh, some recruitment for coronavirus fighters and stuff. But it's, it shows up in Senegal, but it's circulating also in WhatsApp groups in Kenya, WhatsApp groups in South Africa. Things uh, such as there is a video where a purported South Sudanese uh, national is talking on video and is saying that if you drink battery acid and guava and mango leaves, that then if you mix all that, then you'll be fine. It's, it's a lot of nonsense, but the way it's being shared in WhatsApp groups and Facebook groups uh, in Kenya, in different African countries, then that makes you uh, sit up and say, okay, uh, there is no, there is no, there's no specialty in East Africa, West Africa, uh, South Africa, and even Northern Africa. What the the curious thing and what I found odd is that even as the official dom in most uh, in the in the international organizations bureaucracy, especially the WHO and the presidents are pointing out that misinformation is something that should not be entertained because it's the biggest crisis around the spread of the new coronavirus. What we are seeing is there is a group so you you when you see somebody like the speaker of the parliament of uganda claiming that there is a person who there's an inventor who will produce treatment for the new coronavirus to uganda within the next two weeks and that that person they met him and then you see photos where these essentially these people are trying to talk to officialdom about something the officialdom does not understand, and the officialdom takes it at their word, and then they go out there, and as leaders, they spread that misinformation. They make people look at it as just another crisis. It's not, it's not that bad. Uh, but I'm glad the Medical Association of Uganda came out very strongly and told uh, the speaker that, no, number one, there is no cure. Uh, for anyone who's infected by the new COVID, uh, coronavirus or somebody who's been diagnosed with COVID-19, there's no cure, but the symptoms can be treated, and it doesn't mean it's a death sentence. And 
even the US is still grappling with clinical and trials, looking for a vaccine, looking for drugs. Everyone is in arrest to find how to treat and cure this thing. So that had to go out immediately. So that is something that the leaders have to be told, to be reminded, uh, to bear in mind. And you've talked about your website where you have uh, fact-checked some of these claims, but you've also mentioned WhatsApp. What are you doing in that space? So in WhatsApp, we have uh, a bulletin that goes out every Thursday. So today's has just gone out where we share some of the fact checks that we have. So as an example, if I could just check for today's, we have started by taking people to our website where we show them uh, to the live page that everything that you want to know about the new coronavirus, go to this page. And that's where we have curated them in the six categories that I mentioned before. And then the second thing is we have gone ahead that not to explain some of the questions that we are getting on WhatsApp. So, for example, in Kenya, somebody asked, uh, Kenya is significantly a cash-based economy with a lot of uh, some of the people having cash and mobile money. So somebody was asking, isn't cash a conduit for spreading this new coronavirus? And that is a question that was asked to us last week, and we kept on asking the experts. So when we found the experts, they told us that, yes, uh, cash, the short answer is yes, the cash could be a conduit for spreading the new coronavirus because um, the virus has been shown to linger in surfaces. Uh, but it doesn't mean, so if you if you can wash your hands immediately, you touch cash, or after the transactions, or if you go paperless as the Central Bank of Kenya and the and the uh, president recommended that you do cashless transactions using mobile money, using credit debit cards, then that would be that would be a good idea. So we are just showing people why this happens and putting in comments from the experts on why it's important. Uh, the other thing we had to amplify in our WhatsApp broadcast that went out today was that some you can actually have a running nose if you have COVID-19, but the main symptoms for it are fever, a dry cough, and shortness of breath. So essentially why this was important is most people were saying if you have a dry cough and you have fever and shortness of breath, then that is automatically COVID. But if you have all these symptoms and you have a runny nose, then it it is probably just flu. What we're telling people is, yes, uh, we you cannot diagnose yourself. Go get checked if you have all these symptoms that uh, point out to COVID. So that's what we are doing on WhatsApp. Facebook, we are still doing the same thing. We continue with Facebook in fighting misinformation, fighting false information. We Facebook flags what needs to be checked because the, of the algorithms uh, pick it up or users report false content. It comes to us as fact checkers. We check it. We rate it as false. The Facebook and its algorithms reduce the circulation uh, of those things. They ask people to not to share and they link to our fact checks. So that's what we are doing on Facebook. Um, on Twitter, we're just sharing our fact checks. On Instagram this afternoon, 
uh, my colleague Kate uh, Wilkinson will be doing uh, Instagram chat uh, Q&A live with our partner fact checkers who are called Pesacheck in Nairobi. So they will be doing an Instagram show where they, it's just a Q&A where they, they are answering questions that people have put out uh, regarding the disease. So that's how what we are doing in the spaces. Of course, we continuing with the round of media interviews uh, to explain what we are finding out with regard to false information, telling people that eating garlic will not uh, cure you or drinking alcohol is not a solution and stuff uh, along those I'm lines. I'm just curious about what you think would uh, and especially because this is a health crisis, um, what do you think needs to uh, to be done to not necessarily make your job easy, but essentially to kind of uh, um, help people get the right information? The first thing is the the approach that I am seeing in Kenya and in South Africa is the governments are taking punitive measures by amplifying clauses in law, which say that if you spread false information, then will you will be arrested. Or if you spread information that is likely to cause panic, then you will be arrested. Now, uh, or if you, they most of some are calling it that if you spread fake news, then you'll be arrested and you shall be uh, you liable to prosecution and likely to be jailed. But when you look at the measures the judiciary has put in place and some of the authorities in Nairobi have put in place, it's they are trying to make sure that there are fewer and fewer cases, fewer and fewer arrests and fewer and fewer numbers going to be prosecuted because they understand that even the prison population is at risk. So putting the law as the guard against false information may be counterproductive in the sense that, number one, it will, might stop people from sharing information. So it, the information will be passed in these closed spaces and people might not come out to ask questions about uh, what they are seeing. So if it's shared within a family group where nobody wants to share it with Africa Check for verification, then that becomes a problem. So the misinformation, the false information, the ignorance will continue to perpetuate itself in those close spaces from person to person, from family to family, because of the darkness that arises when the government waves the law and jail time and fines to at, at, at people. What we are trying to insist on what we are trying to put out there is that yes while you have the law the onus is on the government to work with the media because of its reach so to amplify the correct information to work with fact checkers to debunk myths about the new coronavirus and as africa check we are putting together um, a quiz very simple questions how is coronavirus, does coronavirus have a cure? You ask that, is this a symptom? And we put all that down and somebody going through that uh, quiz gets uh, to be alert that, oh, this is what I should, I, I should know. And then there's a public service that we think needs to be done and which is being done by the, some of the media houses in Kenya. And that is every day putting out announcements, putting, calling 
experts, doctors, to come and talk about the symptoms and what to do when you have a symptom. And we think that is more helpful to our work. So uh, getting uh, experts who are working with, with us uh, has been has been easier across this period. So most experts are forthcoming. They are putting out what they know up to day, uh, up to this day about the virus. So that is making our work easier. And we just want those four things, if they are done together in the right way, then we are likely to reduce the circulation of false information. We are likely to increase the circulation of the facts around the new coronavirus and COVID-19. And then we are likely to have people take action based on proven evidence. You can now download my podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, if you have an Android phone. And it's also on Spotify and SoundCloud. Just search for my name, Dickens Olewe. And of course, leave a rating when you find it. If you have any questions or comments, I'm always on Twitter. My handle is at Dickens Olewe. And as always, thank you so much for listening and for your comments. And until next time, bye-bye.